What is up, my fellow Andronauts? I'm just going to come right off the bag and say this. Smoking has been shown to lead to higher levels of testosterone. There's always been this thing around smoking and being alpha. You always see these alpha guys like Arnold Schwarzenegger smoking a cigar and it looks good, looks alpha, looks manly. And so that draws people in to want to smoke. Plus, it can actually make you feel really good as well. So, should you smoke for higher levels of testosterone? Probably not, because that increase is small. And in this video, I'm going to talk to you about the effects of cigar smoking on testosterone and also about compounds that you might not know about that's also in tobacco that can have interesting results on you and why it can actually make you feel really good. And it's not nicotine. And then I'm obviously not saying that you should be smoking to reap these benefits, but there are also other foods with these exact same compounds with the same benefits. So I'm also going to discuss that in this video. And yes, I did smoke a little bit before doing this video, so I'm a little bit high on this specific compound. So let's see what kind of nootropic benefit it has for me during this video. Let's dive in. So first up, I want to show you how smoking influences testosterone. And so this was a study with a lot of people. The, the non-smokers was almost 2,000 individuals. The current smokers was at least over 3,000 individuals. And then they had past smokers of around 700 people. And they looked at total testosterone, free testosterone, luteinizing hormone, and sexual running globulin. And so you can see, so the black column is the smokers, the white is the non-smokers. And you can see in almost all circumstances across all ages here, smoking was associated with higher levels of testosterone and also slightly higher levels of free testosterone, again, across all ages. And it didn't seem to be primarily by increasing luteinizing hormone, although smoking did very slightly increase luteinizing hormone, but this was definitely not the primary reason for the boost in testosterone. And smoking did slightly increase sex and binding globulin, but not that much. And this is why free testosterone was actually higher. So in 2016, they did a meta-analysis, which included 22 studies, which had 13,317 men, and they aged between 18 and 68. And they found that smokers had higher levels of testosterone than non-smokers. Do you want to know the difference? The difference was 1.53 nanomol per liter, or 44 nanograms per deciliter. Yes, that is that small. So smokers had on average a 44 nanogram per deciliter difference. So let's say someone, non-smokers had 500 nanograms per deciliter on average. Smokers would have 544 nanograms per deciliter. Smoking is not the reason, um, the increase in testosterone from smoking is not the reason for being more alpha. There are other reasons for this. So let's look at tobacco components on testosterone. Right, so the first one, they found nicotine has consistently been shown to lower testosterone in animals. In this specific study where they used 0.5 milligrams per kilogram or 1 milligram per kilogram, dose dependently lower testosterone in these rats. And that doses would translate to either 8 milligrams or 16 milligrams for a 100 kilogram guy. So if someone were to smoke, right, eight, or, or consume 8 milligrams of nicotine, they would according to this animal study, experience a decrease in testosterone. So this has actually not been replicated in humans, but very consistently, this does happen in animals. So the nicotine content is definitely not responsible for the boost in testosterone. 
However, nicotine might inhibit aromatase, and so you have less testosterone converting into estrogen, ending up with more testosterone. Also, nicotine promotes the release of dopamine and norepinephrine, and those two increases DNRH. And so DNRH stimulates release of LH, which then stimulates the release of testosterone. But as we've seen from the human study, uh, smoking doesn't really increase LH. So this is not the mechanism in humans. And then lastly, cotinine inhibits testosterone breakdown. So theoretically in humans, you would get a boost in testosterone by nicotine inhibiting aromatase and cotinine inhibiting testosterone breakdown. So that could theoretically be the mechanism that leads to higher levels of testosterone. However, as I show here in this graph, nicotine lowers testosterone in almost all animal studies. So you might ask, what if I microdose nicotine? Like microdose in the sense of one to two milligrams of like a sublingual uh, nicotine or like a gum or something for that nootropic benefit. So one cigarette typically has between 12 and 15 milligrams of nicotine per cigarette. So if you take one to two to even four milligrams of nicotine, it's significantly less than what you would get from a cigarette. And so you can benefit from much smaller doses of that nootropic benefit without getting the toxic effect of all of the other toxins that you would get from smoking. So I would say a small amount of nicotine is very unlikely to alter your hormones in a significant way. Maybe if someone is really sensitive, it might lower excessive aromatase, leading to slightly higher levels of testosterone. But this effect is going to be really minuscule. It's really not going to have that big of an effect. But the main thing I want to talk about is this beta-carbolines in tobacco. So these beta-carbolines are alkaloids found in various foods, right? So beta-carboline represents a basic chemical structure of more than 100 alkaloids found in various plants and foods. So you can see like there's this blue structure here, right? You get harmon, harmaline. So different, these are all alkaloids. And you can see uhimbite, it got the same structure. You get tadalafil, which is Cialis, got that same uh, beta-carboline structure. And then they modify the molecule, add different things for, to give it different benefits and effects. So beta-carboline is basically a group of alkaloids. And then these different alkaloids also have different effects in the body. Beta-carboline actions, they have two main actions that I want to talk about. Number one is they act on various receptors. And then they also alter the levels of neurotransmitters themselves by inhibiting the breakdown. And the two beta-carbolines found in tobacco is norharmon and harmon. And what they primarily do is inhibit monoamine oxidase. And so monoamine oxidase are enzymes that break down various neurotransmitters. So as you can see in this ultra blurry pic that I got here, that monoamine oxidase A breaks down noradrenaline and serotonin, and monoamine B breaks down a variety of other ones, including dopamine. So both A and B break down dopamine, but A primarily breaks down uh, norepinephrine and serotonin. Or you do get drugs that inhibit monoamine oxidase A and is thought to primarily increase serotonin, but it can also increase dopamine. And then the monoamide oxidase B inhibitors, like selegaline, primarily increases dopamine. Now, harmon and norharmon increase, uh, inhibits monoamine A, and norharmon specifically inhibit monoamine B. So if you could get mainly norharmon, you would get a predominant monoamine B inhibition over the A, leading to higher levels of dopamine. So if you look at, uh, this was quite interesting because it's well documented that smokers have a lower rate of Parkinson's disease than non-smokers. 
And it's been thought to be primarily because of these beta-carbolines that inhibit the breakdown of dopamine. So if you can see, this is normal dopamine release. You get the release of dopamine that acts on the receptor on the receiving neuron. But in Parkinson's disease, you can see significantly less dopamine being released. So there's a very, it's a significant reduction in dopaminergic signaling in Parkinson's disease. So theoretically, smoking, because it contains these beta-carbolines, um, inhibit the breakdown of dopamine, increasing dopamine levels and preventing the risk of getting Parkinson's disease. And then monoamide oxidase expression in smokers are significantly less than non-smokers. And so Fowler and his scientific gang have reported that tobacco smokers have up to 28% lower brain monoamide oxidase A and 40% lower brain monoamide oxidase B activity compared to non-smokers, as you can see in this graph here. So clearly, the monoamine oxidase B is significantly more suppressed than the monoamine oxidase A. So this would translate to having a greater dopaminergic function when you smoke or consume these beta-carbolins. So when you smoke, primarily get that dopamine feeling, which is again also, could also be reinforcing, but that helps with that nootropic benefit. And so a lot of people think it's a nicotine that has these mood uplifting benefits from smoking, but it's actually these beta-carbolines that also play a significant role. Nicotine with these beta-carbolines. Also, this is just a graph showing that monomine activity changes with the exposure to cigarette smoke. You can see both of them almost equally being suppressed with cigarette smoke. And hormone and norhormone content in tobacco, this was quite interesting, uh, tobacco contains significantly more norhormone than hormone. And so norhormone is the one that basically inhibits monoamine oxidase A and B, but primarily B, whereas the hormone primarily inhibits monoamine oxidase A. So with this ratio, since tobacco and most other foods dominate in norhormone, you will get a more dopaminergic effect from consuming, chewing, uh, or smoking tobacco. But... There's a lot of side effects when it comes to smoking, and this is why I want to give you guys an alternative suggestion. Other foods that hide these beta-carbolins. So side effects would include erectile dysfunction, higher risk of depression, anxiety, sleeping problems, and low-grade inflammation. These are some of the common side effects that you can experience from smoking a lot. Right? There are other foods that are high in these beta-carbolins include passion flower, triplis terrestris, avodia fructus. These are three herbs. And then in terms of baked or, or foods, we get baked goodies, plain grilled beef, and then chicken, and then mutton, and then coffee. So these are some of the foods with the highest beta-carbolin content that will have the same dopaminergic effects. And it would make sense, like people enjoy consuming plain grilled food and coffee, and they get an aphrodisiac like dopaminergic mood uplifting effect when they take passion flower or tribulus or evodia, which is so interesting. And everything that you would perceive to like drinking beer, which also contains it, eating barbecue and eating grilled meat, drinking coffee, smoking cigars, all of these foods is high in beta-carbolines so and you would associate them with uh, people consuming them being more alpha. So there you have it. A lot of people ask if cigar, if smoking cigars can lead to higher levels of testosterone. And sometimes, yes, some studies have found that it doesn't increase testosterone. Other studies have found that it does increase testosterone. But the increase is small. It's about 15 nanograms per deciliter. So in my opinion, if I were to use a testosterone booster and it gave me only a 15 nanograms per deciliter boost, that's really not going to be worth it in my opinion. So I would not be smoking for the boost in testosterone. 
but you can get many other benefits from the beta arbalines or nicotine and you can use those ingredients separately like for example eating grilled meat or drinking coffee you can get the beta arbalines and then maybe take some sublingual nicotine to get the nicotine benefits if you want that so all those smoking cigars does look manly and you might perceive that it might make you manly as well it's unlikely to do so because the increase in testosterone is very small all right guys hope you enjoyed this video it was insightful and you learned something new and i will check you in the next one Cheers.